0: Everybody. Welcome back to Watch. My name is Ansel Lindner. Today I'm going to give a midweek update on some macro charts that we didn't get to two weeks ago when we did our macro chart show. So this is going to be macro chart show 2.0 or something. It started It started back then two weeks ago, just a couple charts about supply chains. But since then, since I'm doing this, I just upped it to several different charts. We're going to talk about supply chains. We're going to talk about Um, inventories, and we're going to talk about shipping in general um, and demand destruction and that kind of thing. So uh, it's going to be, I think, a very informative show for you guys. If you are listening to this on audio, we put this out through the Bitcoin Magazine YouTube channel. They have a playlist that's just FedWatch. So you can go there to see my lovely face and the charts, or you can go to the Bitcoin Magazine uh, website and find the accompanying post for this. Of course, I will link to all this in the show notes. I'll tweet it out when that post gets uh, through the editors and stuff and post it on Bitcoin Magazine. That sometimes takes a couple days, uh, but follow me on Twitter at Ansel Also, if you want to support me and get more content from me, you can go to Bitcoin Magazine, sorry, bitcoinandmarkets.com and sign up for my free weekly newsletter, or support me monetarily there. That keeps me independent and supports my content. So, thank you for all the people that support. Let's jump into this show. the show. So, first thing up, I just want to talk a little bit about supply and demand and supply shocks, demand destruction, and that kind of thing, just to show a visual representation of this. Um, I'm not a huge formula economist, I don't like the econometrics of this this field because you know you can't model the economy very very precisely and that's why central planning doesn't work but in this case we're just talking about basic concepts of supply and demand how that can affect prices not that it will affect prices this way but how it can affect prices how usually you would think about this (laughs) but anyway let's start off here we have supply and demand quantity versus price and The supply curve is sloped, you know, is upward sloping because as price goes up, people want to produce more of that thing because there's more profit in it, right? But it's the opposite for demand. And as price goes up, demand should decrease in quantity. Um, I put it a little bit more vertical demand curve on this one to simulate a market that is a little bit less flexible it's a little bit less elastic so demand is a little more sticky in other words um, but it doesn't have to be that way the bitcoin by the way bitcoin has a backward sloping demand curve so as price goes up demand goes up it's a Veblen good or it's also a giffen good you've heard people call it that too but it's really a Veblen good and uh, that's unique It's one of the only ones that, uh, things out there that has a true nature of being a Veblen good because the supply is so incredibly fixed. Anyways, we can go into that in another show if you guys want to, or maybe I'll do that on my other podcast, Bitcoin and Markets. But for right now, I just want to talk about, uh, supply shocks and demand destruction. So inflation, they... That's money printing. That works through the axis, okay? That, that can affect these curves, right? But it mainly works th- through the, pri- the, uh, the axis. So as the price gets debased, as the money gets debased, the price will move and that will shift the de- supply and demand curves. So that's not what we're talking about here, okay? We're talking about a supply shock. And what we see here is just the pr- price and quantity at this equilibrium and it's really it's not an equilibrium in the real world it's kind of moving always like this but it's this is just for representation purposes now supply shock the supply curve shifts to the left and what happens in that case is obviously the price goes up and the quantity demanded actually goes down slightly depending on the elasticity of the curve, but I I wanted to show price going up faster than quantity going down or demand going down. So that's what a supply shock does. But if the price is going up and people can't afford this higher price or it's stressing them out, like we've seen recently with the huge increase in credit and decrease in savings in the U S that means that you well, increase in consumer credit, sorry, credit card debt versus savings. This is showing that this these higher prices in the economy due to a supply shock is really stressing out the economy or stressing people out. They can't afford it. So what happens then? Then we have demand destruction and demand actually falls. It shifts as well to the left and we have a new price And a new quantity demanded but look how far this quantity moved relative to price okay so price comes back down but quantity falls and that is very bad for the economy because it takes a long time to shift that demand curve back to the right okay so that's that's kind of what we're talking about here supply shock and demand destruction following on demand destruction but it's not due to inflation that's the important piece. All right, so first chart up here, I have lumber prices. I'm not sure if I covered this on that show a couple weeks ago, but we have had another weekly candle. So I thought I'd go ahead and talk about this. Um, as you can see, mid, well, this is early to mid 2021. There was a huge spike in lumber futures and it has since come way down. And I'll simply point this out that in a few months, you know, price going 3x in a few months is not due to inflation this is due to a supply and demand disruption right a supply shock and this reverberation like this is not inflation on the upside and then deflation and inflation and deflation these prices move because of supply and demand that's what's going on here but as we see it's it's broken kind of this support that i've drew in here uh, so next level is down another 25 30 percent and I expect lumber prices to return back to, you know, the traditional levels that it had been around 400, give or take, uh, for last decades. All right. Next one up is lithium futures. This is a relatively new, um, ticker. It's a new, new product out of COMEX and CME. This is lithium futures. This is con- specifically the front month contract, continuous front month. And you can see that it has mirrored a lot of this inflation that we've seen out there, these calls for CPI uh, or calls of high inflation or high CPI. Um, Also, it represents a shift in demand in a way, right? Because as gas prices go up, electric cars look to be more attractive. And so lithium is really involved with EV batteries, batteries in general. And so this is going to really demonstrate both the CPI increases and the shifting demand. I mean, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of this information packed into this one price. That's why I'm using it. But it really took off and looked like there was no stopping it for a long time. I just kept watching it. I'm like, oh, I'm late. I can't get into this because I'm too late now. But it just kept going up and up, right? And this is the common thing people hear. Uh, Anyways, it, it peaked back in. April May and has been coming down once again so I I see this not only as demand destruction but I see this as a starting the CPI starting to come down it's a very interesting chart with a lot of information in it all right next up is going to be two charts on supply chains specifically shipping this one is the Baltic dry index it is bulk raw materials so not what you picture those big ships with all those containers on them. That's our next chart. This one is bulk raw materials. So things like steel, corn, coal, whatever. These bulk raw materials that you don't ship within uh, these containers. And as you see, the it has come down. There is it, it might get support here and start going back up. But the chart is showing that this is not inflation. This is a supply shock. And it has come down. Same story here. Demand destruction. As demand decreases, we'll see shipping costs decrease because there's just not enough demand for the volume that we need. Next chart is these 40-foot containers. And you can see it's really started falling. Um, This is from freytos.com. Again, mid to late 2021, we see the peak. And it has turned over dramatically falling off a cliff and that will be a phrase that we hear in the story that I read here in a second all right let's talk about some retailer stuff here too this is from the great Jeff Schneider over there at Alhambra investments and of course I'll link to that in the show notes but uh, this chart combines a monthly change in inventories with a total inventory line and since covid this big dip right here is covid and since then we've seen irregularly high inventory builds crazy high inventory builds and that goes to my theory that a lot of this is a total shift in our behavior okay so we i think supply chains are going to shorten dramatically and they're gonna diversify away from China. And this is showing, oh, we better, better get as much in here as we can because things are changing, so we better plus up our inventories as much as possible. But what happens when you have high inventories? You start getting an inventory cycle. Inventory rises, demand actually starts softening, and then they have to get rid of that inventory, right, in the inventory cycle. And so prices have to be slashed and we will see slashing prices. I've seen it all over the place myself. And I mean, Amazon is a big one. There's tons of discounts right now on Amazon. Some things are 50% off of just in the last couple months. So this is going to go throughout the entire economy. Prices are going to be coming down dramatically as these retailers try to liquidate inventory. This is a close-up of the month-on-month. Month. December 2021 was an all-time record. March was an all-time or second-highest on record of inventory builds. That is in the history of this measurement. The two highest months in the history of this measurement came December and March. And there's, they're probably the top 10 are all in the last 10 months. <clears throat> so that's pretty dramatic. And this is just showing the last time we had a really big build in inventory was back in 2003 through 2005 is a 20-month period and it uh, went up seven percent over a 20-month period now we have a six-month period where it has gone up almost 12 percent. so this is a very fast very big spike in inventories and we nothing goes up like this right nothing goes up like this without having a reverse on the other side So we're going to see a dramatic spike in inventories and a dramatic drop in inventories as people liquidate these things at pennies on the dollar. Uh, Lastly, I will show this chart because we'll talk about target here in the upcoming story that I read through, but the recent target uh, stock price has fallen over 20% from its highs back in 2021 and retailers are in big, big trouble. Okay. Okay. Let's go to this one. This is from Freight Waves. It's a really good website with a lot of news, obviously, on shipping. It's similar to oilprice.com that I read um, periodically for news on the oil industry. This one is for the shipping industry. But this article was very interesting. U.S. import demand is dropping off of a cliff. Let's read through this. The latest ocean container bookings data reveal that despite the strong levels of inbound cargo during the first five months of 2022, import demand is not just softening, it's dropping off of a cliff. Because capacity on the Trans-Pacific has remained relatively stable, drury container spot rates from China to the west coast have plunged 41% month over month, 41% 41% month over month. That is crazy. That's such a high number. I can't imagine this. 41% month over month. That's bad. That means something's very, very wrong if prices are collapsing like that. Freight forwarders will enjoy expanding margins on ocean freight, while U.S. trucking car- carriers and intermodal volume providers may start to see volume risks. Consumer Buying patterns are rapidly normalizing to pre-COVID levels, and U.S. retailers are stuck with too much inventory. So that's, we talked about this on FedWatch before, Uh, and Powell has actually talked about this, that during the COVID spike, right, people were staying home and service spending went through the floor. It crashed because people You know, you had social distancing. You weren't going to see these people maybe in person. Maybe you put off going to see a doctor. Maybe you put off going to see your accountant, whatever. You know, these services dropped through the floor. But that got shifted to goods. People wanted to sit and buy stuff on Amazon. That was a total change in consumer behavior. And now we're seeing kind of the reverse, all right? So U S retailers thought this was going to be a new high for new type of demand that they're seeing. And so they ordered all this inventory and now we're seeing a reverse where people are starting to normalize their service to durable goods spending. Um, and it's not good for inventories. They, they were way too high. Target shares dropped Tuesday morning after executives said the company would mark down unwanted items, cancel purchase orders, and move quickly to get rid of excess inventory. That's why I showed the Target chart. And this is repeating. Uh, I think Walmart is also down 20 30%. Um, This is going to just spread through all of the retailers. Amazon, I've mentioned on the show, uh, is getting rid of warehouse space. People are just stopping ordering as much stuff. Um, It's... It's dramatic. It's just as dramatic on the downside as it was on the upside. And that's why when I showed the the inventory build chart from Jeff Schneider, you know, that's pretty dramatic to the upside. Well, it's going to be equally dramatic to the downside. Container imports bound for the U S have dropped over 36% since May 24th. And I'm recording this on June 8th. And when was this released? This was released yesterday. So uh, in a week or two, U.S. imports have dropped 36%. This index measures departing container volumes at the port of origin. This is a troubling sign for domestic U.S. freight markets that have been benefiting from an unprecedented surge of containerized import volumes over the last 18 months. So we've heard a lot about shipping and uh, the Trucking industry, you know, diesel prices and all this stuff. Yeah, that's because the demand was super, super high to get all of these goods shipped out all over because people had changed their buying habits or spending habits. And now the reverse is going to happen. So all of these stories, I mean, this is what you should think about when you hear stuff like, oh, we're going to have diesel rationing on the East Coast because, by this summer because of xyz well how the hell do they know they obviously didn't predict that we were going to be where we are now how can they predict where we're going to be in a couple months from now you know but what's actually going to happen here is that the demand for diesel is going to drop the demand for these containers the demand for trucks the demand for all this stuff is going to drop dramatically diesel to run the big uh, construction equipment because we're going to go into recession, all of this diesel demand is going to drop. And so, what happened? De- Probably people were figuring out making more efficient things, uh, efficient processes, efficient uh, efficient supply chains for diesel. And now the demand is going to drop, and they're going to have a flood of diesel. So, what's going to happen? The price is going to plummet. The, these things go in a cycle. People, don't, uh, people, economics is one of the things that people understand the least, and it's very easy when you read these articles and they point this stuff out like we're going to have diesel armageddon well obviously we're not that's not how the economy works okay? big disturbances either happen like uh, supply shocks like the covid thing or they build over time you, an armageddon builds over time it doesn't just happen lickety split anyway let's continue Since ocean transit times for these inbound container volumes have recently been averaging 30 to 35 days, we will begin seeing the softer volumes show up at US ports in the first couple weeks of July. So we still have multiple weeks of higher volumes because the softer volumes will not show up until July. That's crazy, that's crazy. Okay, this also puts US containerized imports from all countries of origin, down 30% or 36% year over year, which is a reversion back to the volume levels of the summer of 2020. But what is the cause of the sudden drop in container import volumes? Well, there are a few simultaneous factors converging that serve as likely explanations for why volumes are suddenly dropping. The inventory glut. At the forefront of these reasons is the buildup of inventory here in the U.S. resulting from companies attempting to both replenish inventories that were largely depleted in 2021, but also from these companies wanting to keep enough inventory on hand in case any further disruptions that may occur. Consecutive rounds of COVID lockdowns in China only exacerbated those fears, but after the war between Russia and Ukraine broke out more than 100 days ago, The geopolitical risks seem only to be escalating. And for better or worse, companies decided that they would rather have the inventory safely here in the U.S. than risk having it abroad should there be a sudden surge in consumer demand or anything else. A shutdown in supply chains. They wanted to have it over here, right? So uh, that's very interesting. They double, triple, quadruple ordered. Got it all shipped in early. Now they have this huge supply uh, inventory glut. So if consumers are now shifting buying trends from goods to services, those goods producing companies may get stuck with too much inventory or the wrong inventory in order to try to capture sales. This buildup of inventory will inevitably lead to a slowdown in new import orders abroad and thus will only add to the demand destruction we are seeing for containerized imports into the U.S., just tuesday target announced an aggressive inventory reduction plan led by canceling orders and marking down even more inventory the chart above displaying rising inventories and the chart below displaying falling imports reveal that retailers are upside down after the last surge of freight to hit the u.s shores and are throttling down freight velocity in their networks. so here we have um This is inventories going up. Here we have imports going down. So inventories going up, imports going down. The consumer is getting crushed. Conditions for the consumer seem to be getting worse and worse as inflation takes hold and prices get more and more expensive. Just this week, AAA reported a new record high for gasoline prices at $4.51 per gallon on its national index. Some economists speculate that with the Fed beginning to raise rates and draw down its balance sheet, we may be experiencing peak inflation. That's what I say. (laughs) However, even if inflationary pressures begin to ease, consumers may still be overexposed to rising interest rates through the use of credit in a way that could further deteriorate demand and discretionary spending. So, like I said, huge boost recently in credit card debt decline in savings rates which this this uh chart is showing the decline in savings rates but interest rates are going up too right so it's like a perfect storm against the consumer so we're going to have demand shifting downward huge demand destruction shifting downward prices have to come down so we're not at peak inflation this is peak disruption of prices really this is like we have passed the initial boom of disruptions and now we're seeing the reverberations of that we're seeing the echoes this is the first echo and the first echo is going to be uh, the drop dramatic drop in demand demand destruction prices are going to crash we see that like they talked about in target they're marking down all of their inventory stopping new purchase orders etc etc I mean it is it's getting bad okay let's continue credit card spending has been accelerating at a time when personal savings rates have continued to decrease and move toward some of their lowest rates since the great financial crisis there are two ways to read very low savings rates either consumers are exceptionally confident and exuberantly spending their money or consumers are spending every last dollar they have in an attempt to keep their heads above water in a high inflation environment. Either way, there isn't any slack left in consumer wallets. It's hard to imagine consumer spending growing from here. So it's hard to imagine them being able to keep up if prices keep going up. And that's one of the things, if it's, if it's real inflation, if it's real money printing, you have more money, from wages increasing to meet this higher prices. That's the the doom loop of inflation. But you have a doom loop on the other way, you know, falling prices, falling wages. So anyway, um, I also disagree with their use of inflation. Okay, they used inflation multiple times in the last few paragraphs. uh, And it does a disservice to people to call this inflation. It is not money printing. It's not money printing. Unfortunately, inflationary pressures, again, this is just price pressures, not inflationary pressures. Unfortunately, inflationary pressures in energy and food don't know or care that American consumers are out of money. Inflation in those sectors was caused by supply shocks, not artificially stimulated demand. And how do you artificially stimulate demand? You print money. So they're saying right here, inflation in those sectors was caused by supply shocks, not artificially stimulated demand. It is also important to keep in mind that the rate of growth for the producer price index has been outpacing the consumer price index. So producers may still be taking some hits from rising costs that have not yet been passed on to the consumers. So what they're saying here is the. Producers are not able to keep up so on this you know the supply shifted down here due to a supply shock and now demand is shifting well uh uh-oh that's going to hurt these producers because price is dropping and quantity is dropping the supply curve is going to shift even more to the left see these echoes these are echoes of the initial disruption all right um so even though total revolving credit outstanding is just at pre-pandemic levels it is nonetheless accelerating and if prices continue to rise it is reasonable to expect that revolving credit outstanding will rise as well until it doesn't that's the problem at first glance one may look at retail sales and conclude that they are growing so let's look at this this uh, chart down here They say retail sales do look like they're growing right But keep in mind that the report is measured in nominal dollars adjusted for inflation and represents increases in the price of goods being sold. This increase is measured in dollars (laughs) and with prices going up. You know, it's not this big boost that you think it is. Um, Not so much the strength or resilience of consumers. Goods producing companies will not be alone. Services and tech companies will also be under pressure in the coming months, and sell-offs could lead to layoffs. Again, a reinforcing doom loop. As we see a growing number of signs pointing toward the further demand destruction from U.S. consumers, and thus a further reversion of import container volumes back to levels closer to uh, 2019, it is worth examining the trade lane that handles a majority of that volume, China to the U.S., When looking at aggregate volumes from China to all U.S. ports, we're able to see that volumes have been declining. Oh, sorry, from peak to peak season. So the yearly peak to yearly peak, basically, Uh, in September 2021 through Tuesday, currently down 51% from that peak. So, yeah, it's uh, crashing dramatically. While late March through the beginning of May is historically a softer period for volumes, on this trade lane, it is important to realize that this decline in volumes has also been amplified by the COVID restrictions and lockdowns implemented by the Chinese government in Shanghai, as well as other important manufacturing regions in China. Despite the lockdowns, this is important, despite the lockdowns, a decline in volumes on this major trade lane was seemingly inevitable in 2022. As the massive volumes moved between these two countries in 2021 were at unprecedented and unsustainable levels. So, what they're talking about here on the chart, let me make sure you guys are seeing this properly. Okay. So, on the chart here, this bulge in August, September 2021 was unprecedented and unsustainable. And then we see a stair step fashion down so this is actually the 20-foot containers this is the volume of 20-foot containers or or, you know semi they have 20 and 40 foot Um, anyway this is the 20 foot and you can see it's a stair step fashion downward and from this peak they say we're down 51 percent I mean that's that's pretty dramatic right and then this is the booking volume and you see the same stair step fashion downward and that's I mean up here In 2021, looks to be averaging about 140 on this chart, and now we're averaging about 100. So that's a very significant drop uh, overall in bookings. The container surge that never was. The container surge that many have been expecting from Shanghai, thought to be building during the lockdowns, I guess building containers, uh, they thought, appears to have mostly already been rerouted through the port of Ningbo. This access, with access to the port of Shanghai being largely blocked due to landside restrictions like road closures, shippers have quickly, were quick to reroute volumes through the closest alternative major port to the port of Shanghai. Since the lockdowns began in Shanghai in late March, the decline in Shanghai new bookings and thus load volumes have been more than offset by a surge in volumes through Ningbo from rerouted containers. This led to booking lead times hitting their lowest levels on record as shippers scrambled to get their volumes moving. So despite what people say about the lockdowns over there actually causing problems, the lead times are the lowest they've historically low. That that's pretty crazy to me. Despite reopening of Shanghai, total container volumes from China to the US have continued their downward trajectory. And that trend is not likely to be reversed by an easing of COVID restrictions alone. As of the latest data points, if this is the container surge from Shanghai to U.S. ports upon opening last Wednesday, then right now it is barely a blip on the radar compared to the volumes from Shanghai to the U.S. So we can see in this chart here the recent blips. There's nothing there to speak of. This could easily change within our booking bookings data for the weeks ahead and if there is pent up demand that's unlikely in my opinion right there's very little pent up demand in the u.s for more volumes because inventories are so high and people are maxed out on their credit cards i mean there's no pent up demand here it will undoubtedly show up in the bookings data but as of tuesday it has not yet materialized in any significant way and i doubt that it will the steady decline in volumes from China to the U.S. has also put significant downward pressure on spot rates from the demand side. As capacity maintained relatively consistent in the first few weeks post-lockdown, the drop in volumes caused a decline in both the Fretos Baltic Daily Index, which we looked, that's the chart we looked at before, and the Drury World Container Index spot rates from China to the West Coast. It dropped 41% month over month as well as from China to the East Coast, which dropped 36% month-over-month. While this has been a welcome downturn in spot rates for shippers that battled the record-setting spot rates of 2021, we should also keep in mind that these spot rates remained elevated on a year-on-year basis. So, even after this dramatic 41% month-over-month drop, it's still elevated. The West Coast is still 73% above the... 2021 spot rates i mean that is incredible so it's going to continue to fall costs are going to continue to fall almost done here guys if booking continue if bookings continue to soften through june we expect to see spot rates on this trade lane decline further but ocean carriers may go to greater lengths than ever before to try and protect their record-setting earnings they have already been cutting capacity on major trade routes so they're Uh, the shippers are cutting supply through measures such as blank sailings and reassigning vessels to other services but if the decline in volumes accelerates in the weeks ahead we may see the alliances test their strength and discipline like never before and that's what i kind of talked about this cartels always break down collusion always breaks down right now they're kind of fixing rates a little bit or doing what they can to fix rates but pretty soon they're going to underbid each other. If rates start dropping quickly, it is reasonable to suspect that the ocean carriers that have not locked in a majority of their allocations in longer term contracts may begin aggressively undercutting one another as they compete in the spot market. Oh, all right, guys, that is a heavy episode. I hope you guys got something out of that. Uh, pretty much we see demand destruction. We do see peak CPI, in my opinion. And uh, when this comes out, I'm recording this on the 8th of June. So the 10th of June, we're going to get this CPI print and let's see what it comes out to be. I'm I'm expecting it to be lower than the forecast. So uh, anyway, guys, thanks for joining me. Check out Bitcoinandmarkets.com. Also, live stream every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Now we have a new time, 3 p.m. We're going to be live streaming with Christian and myself and guests, you, hopefully once or twice a month, we'll have guests. Otherwise, we're going to talk about Fed updates, updates on the Fed, updates on macro and all of that stuff. So thanks, guys. We will check you next time.